Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome to another episode of Role Models, Juicy Conversations with Beautiful Humans. I'm Jennifer Norman, founder of the Human Beauty Movement and your host. This podcast thrives on your support. So if you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts to rate and review us and thank us by leaving a donation on our anchor.fm page. Today, we're going to shatter some beauty myths, like the myth that people living with visual impairment wouldn't or shouldn't have an interest in beauty products. My guest today is Claire Sisk. Claire is registered blind, yet she is helping to educate the world on her disability as well as her passion for beauty. Her advocacy has garnered her 200,000 followers on TikTok, where she goes by the handle Can See Can't See. Welcome, Claire. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to have you. So let's hear all about yourself. When did you find your love for makeup and skincare? I was quite young, actually, because I have older sisters. So I think I was about 13 or 14 and I would steal their makeup. Um, obviously not the correct shade for me. And I often went to school with a very orange face, lots and lots of powder. That's kind of where I found my love for it and just started to experiment with colours. As I was going to school and seeing other people wearing like eyeliner, I thought, I need to be trying that. So it did start really early. <laughs> it's always a fun thing when you're starting out and experimenting and you're just making a mess out of your face, but oh, you yeah. love it anyway. <laughs> you get better as you go along. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Now, in 2017, you were registered as blind after two strokes damaged your eyesight, leaving you to have to learn new ways to do everyday tasks. How did you adapt in terms of your beauty routines? So I had my strokes in 2009. So that period between sort of 2009 to 2017, I had progressive sight loss. And I was told that I was almost guaranteed that I would go fully blind. I'd always worn makeup and it had always been a huge part of my life. Like my I used to do my friends' makeup. I used to do people's wedding makeup. Not that I was qualified. They just loved the way I did it. And I didn't want to lose that part of me whilst losing my eyesight. So I took the time to learn what products would feel like on my fingers, on the applicators I was using, what it'd feel like when I placed it on my skin. It was all lots of trial and error. And I would do it with my eyes closed and then open them, look in the mirror, think, oh, that's not quite right right let's try again and I basically just perfected the look that I knew suited me so that if I did go fully blind I know I could do it without a mirror and that is how I do my makeup today. Now I saw a video of you on TikTok explaining how you can see can't see which is why your handle is can see can't mm -hmm. see can you describe that to our listeners? So I have no core central vision my vision is peripheral only but that is really fragmented I can't see any finer details so when if I was to do my makeup in a mirror for example I can't see where my nose is I can't see my mouth I can see my eyebrows because they're quite dark and um, so if I got really really close and stared in the right spot I could work out where my eyebrows are but I don't often do that I'll just do it by touch and by the sound of those coarse hairs on our eyebrows <laughs> Right, because I think a misconception is that if you are blind, you can't see at all, like everything is either dark or black or white, or you, you just literally yeah. can't see a thing. But in your case, 
the way that it was demonstrated on your video, it was almost like there was like a large ink blotter splotched out right in like most of your vision area. And then, as you said, on the periphery, you could see a little tiny bit, but it's fuzzy, right? It's not. Yeah, yeah, it's very distorted. Yeah, a lot of people think that blindness means you see absolutely nothing at all. It's a really high percent, like 97% of people who are registered blind have some sort of vision. And that might be colors, light and dark perception, shadows. And um, for me, I can see like an overall, like if I was looking at a tree in a field on a bright day, I could work out that that's a tree. I just think it isn't necessarily where it is because I don't have that depth perception. And sometimes I'm a bit vague with what colours things are because of how blurred that bit of vision I have is. But I use that little bit of vision that I've got to help me navigate the world. It's not the best, but I will take it for now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So also in your videos, you show how you use NFC tags to help you become familiar with beauty products that you buy in stores. And at the beginning of your journey, like, how did you feel about beauty industry's accessibility for visually impaired individuals? So when I started losing my sight, um, the technology we have today wasn't around. iPhones had come out, but they weren't as advanced as they are now, or they could have been, but I wasn't aware of that kind of technology. I rely heavily on an app that reads things for me. That certainly wasn't a thing back then. So for me, the beauty industry was extremely inaccessible. It was a case that I like in makeup from a very young age, so I knew what colours suited me. I've got green eyes and we all know purples make your green eyes pop. So I would stick to those and your nudie and beigey tones. Um, but to physically go into a store and be able to buy like an eyeshadow palette was becoming increasingly difficult because I could not work out what those colours were. And we all know on the backs, their names are like, you know, rose petal, but it might not be pink. It could be blue <laughs> or it could be called like, oh, I don't even know of a name. Like it could be something like gum metal. And you're like, well, what colour is that? Is that a grey? Is that a black? Is it a blue? Mm. It could be glitter. It could be matte. Those descriptions on the back are so vague that you've got no idea what the colours are that you're looking at and it's constantly having to ask for help but another thing that I experienced is depending on what store you go into will depend on kind of the way that they service you like if you go into a really busy makeup store in central London they don't have the time to sit and talk you through what every single colour in that palette or what way is best to use it. So you're kind of buying blind because you're just hoping for the best. So for a long time, I found it really inaccessible and it almost made the experience upsetting for me because I couldn't see these colours. Um, but I found a few products and a few makeup counters where the staff were absolutely incredible and would spend their time talking to me. And I know a lot of these people were on commission. You know, they think, oh, she's only going to buy one thing. But actually, by you investing your time in me, I'm now going to buy more of your products because I'm truly grateful for the, the time that you were giving me to help me main to be me and keep my passion for makeup yeah yeah wonderful it was so amazing and it's true I think that the ones that can go out of their way to offer support 
and recognize that if you can't see a color or if you want a description, that they'll really sit with you and take the time that you would like in order to be able to make a purchasing decision. And then, yeah, you've got a customer for life after that, I think. (laughs) Exactly, exactly, yeah. How about online? Is it any easier online? Are the descriptions any better or not so much? Still have work to do. They can be, but as long as that website is accessible, I use a screen reader because I can't read. So a lot of the time the websites are not compatible with that screen reader or they're kind of half compatible. So, you know, you might find that it's this brand of product and it will say like nude shades, ain't nude shades, but you're like, well, what, mm. what variable are they, you know, is it like real dark brown to light cream? Or are we talking black to you know, white is, which is it? And it's really difficult. I mean, as my sight loss was progressing, I could use a bit of remaining sight to see some of those colours, but online, it's colours aren't necessarily what they are when we see them in the flesh. They can look a bit different. So I do still prefer to shop in a shop where I can look at it myself and try it on. I I find for myself that is something that is important. Well, we do love to celebrate those that are going the extra mile. So are there any brands that online or in stores that you've gone to that you've been like, you know, these people are really killing it. They're doing a great job at serving. Definitely. Benefit Makeup, they're one of my favorites. I've got a local store that has a counter and she is phenomenal. But what I love about Benefit is I've always loved their blushes. I'm a, most of us own hula. It's a staple, isn't it? <laughs> but every single blush has its own unique sense. And I can tell what blush it is just by smelling it. I don't have to get my screen meter out. I don't need to put a tag on it to know. I can just sniff it and go, oh yeah, that's Coralista or that's my dandelion. And I absolutely love that and their mascaras as well the lids are all a different texture so straight away I know if I've got bad girl on it's just absolutely love it when it's an accidental design but it's an accessible accidental design um, Charlotte Tilbury, their packaging is, you know, it's all very sleek and gorgeous. But again, it's so different that you're like, yep, that's my face powder. That's my blush. Because although they're the same shape, they've got different textures. Mm, yeah. So anything that is multi-sensory for those brands that are watching this, if it's smell or if it's tactile, I did see another video from a different person who was saying that because of the embossing on palettes, sometimes she is able to tell what palettes what because of the yeah. texture of the palettes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mac are very good with that when they bring out like their special edition things and you know, I've got a few eyeshadows that on the lids, they've got raised lines on them. And I mean, they were another great brand. I actually was randomly just went into Mac in, in, when I was on holiday in Las Vegas and I was on a hen night and I was just like, please, can someone just help me look really good for my friend's hen night? Like they <laughs> they didn't understand. I was like, oh, I, I just couldn't do my makeup this particular day. This guy spent over an hour on me. He was fabulous I bought every single product because I was just like wow you've made me look like a movie star I spent over 500 dollars yeah I didn't care because it was the experience I was like you've made me feel incredible I'm gonna buy all these products that is so wonderful I love that so much now on Instagram and TikTok you have videos of your favorite tips or hacks for doing makeup when you're visually impaired What is like the one tip that you'd give to individuals struggling to do their makeup or skincare regime due to their eyesight? 
I think skincare is easy. You know, you're not generally with skincare, it's a prep, isn't it? So you're not kind of facing the world with dodgy looking eyes or anything. I think makeup's probably more the risky area. My biggest tip is I use surgical tape. We call it micropore tape over here. And I place that going upwards from the corner of my eye to my eyebrows that when I'm doing my eyeshadow, I know it's where it needs to be. And then if I don't want that harsh look, when I peel it off, I just fluff it out a little bit. So it's not really intense. But I've noticed that a lot of the makeup influencers now are going for that harsh look. And I'm like, I think I might have invented that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's very clever. And it's funny because when I had learned to do my makeup and for years, I would always do my foundation powder blush concealer, like that, like the face part first. And then all of a sudden I started noticing influencers doing their eyes, like the full eyes first. And I was like, how in the world and why? I just didn't understand it. And it's because of the fallout of the shadow and they didn't want to mess up all of the base that they had just done. And I was like, that's very clever. Now I'm going to do this the opposite way from now on. So it's so fine. I find the tutorials that you see online, although I can't visually see it, the way they talk through it, I'm able to understand it. And I'm able to think I'm going to give that a go because they are literally talking you through as they're doing it. So again, they've accidentally made it accessible by doing that. Obviously, I can't see the final outlook. I'm like, well, I'm going to give it a go. (laughs) Are there any other specific tips or, you know, different things to scoop on your own beauty care or skincare routine? Like what steps do you typically follow? I've always had a very, very basic skincare routine and my daughter will kill me for saying this, but we are constantly told we are sisters and for her 21st birthday, I was the one who got ID'd, not her. (laughs) I think I'm obviously doing something right with my skincare. I literally just use a face cleanser every night and every morning and then just a very simple moisturizing. Well, I say simple, it's not. Is I use um, hyaluronic acid. I use a rose water. I've got quite dry skin, so I need that extra moisture. And then I use, I make sure I have a very good eye cream because I am getting older and just a moisturizer that suits my skin. And it's hard because you you try so many and there are some really expensive ones that don't work and the cheaper ones might work. But I try them for at least a few months to see how my skin Mm. adapts. And then I find winter and summer is very different as well. I feel like I've kind of nailed it with my products now and I kind of stick to those products because I know that they work best for my skin and my makeup sits really well on top of them. Nice, nice. Now you said that you have dry skin and one of the ways that I tell that my skin is dry is I will see the flakes or I'll see scaliness. Is it more tactile for you? Like you you feel tightness that you know that your skin needs more moisture? Are there any other cues that you look for? Yeah, because I'm always touching everything. (laughs) My face, I just think, oh yeah, that skin, it doesn't feel as soft and supple as it should. And I'm like, okay, we need to either rehydrate ourselves from the inside out or if that's not going to work from the outside in and sometimes a combination of both like you see the last few days have been extremely hot here so I'm probably more dehydrated and I can not only tell it on my face but like skin on my arms and my legs so I think yeah I need more hydration so I just slap on a bit more and there is a beauty influencer who I follow he said you know just slap it on and let it soak in and I thought I'm gonna do that that is what I'm gonna do. (laughs) Yeah, for me, it's the eye area. I have to just like 
pack it on. I pack on that eye cream, like no other. And then lips, my lips are constantly dry. Yeah. And here's the cue, like I'm not drinking enough water. I know I have to drink water. And so it's always that sign that my lips are constantly chapped. And I live in Los Angeles. So that's part of it too. It's pretty dry here. <laughs> How about your makeup steps? So there's specific ones aside from the micropore tape and doing your eyes, like walk us through what you typically do on an average day. So most days I do do a full face of makeup because I've always done that. There's the odd day I won't, you know, if I'm just having a sofa day or cleaning, then I won't bother. Um, but because I'm filming content every day, I want to look nice because I kind of have this thing in my head that although I can't see what I look like, I want others to see that I can look nice to break these misconceptions because I get an awful lot of comments saying, why do you bother wearing makeup when you can't see what you look like? And it's a bit like, well, it's not about what I look like. It's how I feel. Mm -hmm. So my routine would be, I always use a primer. If I'm going out, I'll use a highlighting primer. If I'm staying in, it's more of like a, a reducing pore primer. I do do my eyes first. I have learned that I've got, I've got quite hooded eyes. So for me, I do get a lot of fallout. So I will prime them and then set that with my powder and then I will do my eyeliner. Eyeliner is probably the one thing that frustrates me the most. I'll either get it spot on or completely screw it up. It will never be an in-between. It's one or the other. (laughs) And at least then if I do screw it up, I can just take it all off and start again. And I've got no base to have to redo. And with my eyeliner, I've learned to pretty much just stab myself in the eye and hope for the best. It's it's difficult to do. I can't, I haven't mastered liquid eyeliners. They're too wet. And because I have to use my fingers a lot, I just end up looking like a panda. So a good like cold pencil because it almost feels rubbery when you're putting it on your eyelid. So I can feel exactly where it is. Mm-hmm. And then I will do my eyeshadows, whatever colors I'm going with that day. I like to match it with my outfits and I use my surgical tape up here. And then I do my base, which is I'll just use a, a foundation and I don't put it under my eyes. Um, I've been told by many influencers, never if you're of a certain age, less is more. So I've been going with that. And then I will do the concealer, but a very small amount. I do have quite dark circles and then set all that. And then if I'm feeling really, oh, I want to be super glam, I do the whole contour and the shine as well. I can't think what that stuff's called now. Like highlighter? I do the whole contour and highlighter. And I don't use a lot of powder because a lot of the contour, I'm setting that with my dark cooler. Mm-hmm. And then they have like a liquid blush because I like to feel where I've put that. Although I can feel the powders like up here on the cheekbones, I like to know they're there. And then I smell my blushes and go in with my blushes and just go full on. (laughs) That's pretty much it. And then I leave my eyebrows till very last because I feel they're kind of like the frame to your face. Hmm. And I do that just by hearing because you can, I use um, one of those spoolies and you're like, yeah, I can hear where they are. And as I'm doing it, I'm remembering where I'm feeling that on my face. And then I use my fingers as a guide when I pencil on, but eyebrow gels are just so easy. They are a blind person's dream. You can hear where they are. That is the first time I've ever heard that. That is magnificent. I can hear my eyebrows. <laughs> Damn, you're like, yeah, there they are. They're so cool. So like if you next time you do your eyebrows, try and close your eyes. And just I listen. will. There they are. Oh my gosh. 
Wow, that is so cool. I absolutely love that. Now, do you think that there are any other misconceptions about loving beauty and makeup while being visually impaired that you would want to address? I think a lot of the time people are just like, why do you care what you look like when you cannot see? That seems to be the overall thing. And a lot of people also say, you don't need to wear makeup. And it's like, well, no one needs to wear makeup, but we wear it because we want to and because it makes us feel good like the amount of people that are like well it just makes me feel glamorous when I put it on or I feel more human or you know I'm so tired I need a bit of mascara just to make my eyes look away it's those little things that you're like I don't understand why people have to have an opinion on it it's like just Mm -hmm. let individuals be their individuals if they want to wear green and orange eyeshadow let them what is not causing you any bother let them if they want to express themselves through their makeup let them and I find that's what I do now with mine that's how I kind of express myself and I just want to feel how I feel not as blind me and if I stop wearing makeup I've kind of felt like well that's it's because I'm blind and I can't be bothered or I don't want to or I can't buy things that's not who I am so that is why I want to continue to wear it. I think that that is such a beautiful statement. And I truly believe that it's not about that other person. You know, that other person's opinion is more of a reflection on that other person and what they feel about themselves. But for you, you doing you and what makes you feel good because you are leaning into your joy and you're expressing yourself and you are, you know, creating art out of what we've been given, you know, this, you know, fashion, hair, makeup, all of this is for fun. It's for pleasure. It's for us to just, you know, feel like we want to wear a smile all day and if putting on makeup does that for you amazing I am so happy for you and you know I would love to help other people realize that you know rather than putting yourself and your own story out onto somebody else and saying oh you're pretty enough as it is you don't need that or why do you bother it's such a waste of time but you know I'm gonna do me you do you yeah Yeah. it's very much like that But also as well for me, I find like it's part of my routine. So for a long time, I suffered with depression and anxiety whilst I was going through this journey. And, you know, there were days that I wouldn't even shower because I just didn't want to exist anymore. But I had to because I had this small child who relied on me. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of set myself like a little routine like every morning I will get up I will make my bed I will shower brush my teeth wash my hair and I will put on a bit of makeup because that has set me up for my day and then if that's all I do at least I've achieved something and then if I can I will build on that and do a little bit more That is brilliant too, because there are so many people right now suffering from depression that are feeling alone and feeling like, what is it worth? What do I, you know, and just to get themselves out of bed because of a situation that they're grieving in right now, any little forward momentum helps. Any little moment of positivity and energy is going to get you to that next step. And it may take days, months, years, it may. But eventually you'll see the sunlight and you'll be able to smile again. And a lot of that is because you've committed to bettering yourself. We're always in this place where we're human. Things are going to happen and it's okay to feel crummy. It's okay to feel bad as long as you recognize that there is something more for you. You just may not be able to see it in the funk that you're in right now. But truly, you know, the support is there. You've got it. It's all within you. And so just putting one foot of the, in front of the other every single day is magic. Really, really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, speaking of momentum, you won the best social media impact of the year category in this year's RNIB Awards. How does it feel to know that you're changing negative stigmas surrounding capabilities of the visually impaired? I get really emotional when I talk about this because I was just to be nominated. I was just like, oh, wow, what an honor. But to actually win it when there are so many blind content creators out there doing the same thing, it was just absolutely phenomenal. And the reason I did start doing this was to change people's misconceptions about sight loss. I got accused of faking being blind because I was able to use a mobile phone. And it's become so apparent that people aren't aware blindness is a spectrum. They think blind means you see nothing. And it's like, well, actually, you know, even if we can't see anything, we're still able to use a phone because technology is accessible. Most people voice note now or dictate, they don't use their finger to text. Like, well, how are you texting? It's like, well, probably the same way you are. It's just my phone is telling me what button I press and it's saying dictation rather than me going, oh, there's the dictation button. And so to win that, I just felt completely honored. And it's amazing the following that I have built because the, a lot of these people are not blind or visually impaired but they want to learn because they want to know how they can help others. And I've had stories from friends of friends of friends who are like, oh, because I watched your video, I was able to help this person. So it goes beyond the social media. And I get so many messages every week, people thanking me. And I'm just like, well, I haven't really done anything. And they're like, well, you're giving me hope for my child, my husband, my mum, my dad, just by showing that there is life after sight loss. And I get really emotional because all I want to do is help people. I never had the support when I was going through sight loss. I had the support of my friends and family. They were incredible. But to actually speak to somebody who has gone through the journey that you're going through means more than anything because you just want to know it's going to be okay. And I had no one to tell me that. And I thought, that's what I want to do. I want people to know it sucks. Don't get me wrong. It completely sucks that you can't see, but you can still live a fulfilled and happy life. Yeah, yeah. And what a role model you are, not only to everybody else, but most importantly, you've got an amazing family. You've got a loving husband. You've got three kids. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Uh, and how is their visual situation? Are they fully sighted or is there visual impairment? I've got three children. Two of them are my stepchildren and then one is my biological daughter. So she has just started having her eyes checked out and we've touched with that she's going to be okay. She does wear glasses. The problem with my diseases are they don't know what they are. They've never seen them before. So they don't really know what they're looking at. And we have undergone genetic testing and they weren't able to find any road genes. So they will just keep an eye on her and and we touch wood that she is going to be okay. But if she's not, then, you know, like I say, it will suck. But we know that she will be all right because every day technology is changing. Every day medical science is changing. It's you never give up hope. And that's kind of the thing that I look at is like one day they could be able to restore my sight. But by the time that happens, I might be all right with it. I might say, Do you know what? No, I'm good being blind. It's fine. This is my life now. And this is who I am. So I'm all right. I might say yes, but until that day comes, you don't know. That's exactly true. Well, thank you so much for all of the inspiration that you are shining throughout this world. I'm so happy that we're also going to be able to share it on Role Models, our podcast here. And I will be continuing to follow your journey, Claire. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely to speak with you. 